Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are going to study the Prophet Ezekiel, that's the Navi Yechazkel, chapter 18, that's Perak Yod Ches. We just finished chapter 17, which was the third in a series of parables. Um, we had a, the parable of the fruitless vine, then the parable of the unfaithful spouse and then in 17 we had the riddle slash parable of the eagle and the vine and the cedar tree this chapter will also deal with a parable but a different type of parable this is a parable which the people were saying and its meaning was a corrupting to the people and god was not happy with the people saying this parable. So this is no, no longer a parable that Ichazgal, that the prophet is telling the people in order to convey a message, but it is a parable that that was common in those days that people would say to each other, and um, God had a problem with it, which we're about to study. So let's start together. And the word of God to me was as follows. <clears throat> Why is it? There's various ways of translating malachem, but it's it's a critical mode of speech. What is it? What's it all about? Why is this to you? Why are you saying this parable? That you say this parable amongst yourselves? Al Admas Israel Lemar on the land of, of Israel saying as follows. Apparently there was something specifically bad about saying this on the land of Israel. In other words, the people, the nation, the people, specifically the ones that remained in Israel, not the ones that were in exile with Yechazkel, were going around saying this, this following statement. Avot Yochul Boser. It is the forefathers that ate the sour grapes, v'shinei habonim tikena, but it is the children's teeth who get that get weak or get um, struck or blunted with some sort of teeth disease. In other words, usually it's the one who eats. The, the meaning of this parable that people would say to each other is that it should be the one who eats the bad grapes is the one that gets punished for it. But over here, as we all know, it is our forefathers that were corrupted. It's their fault, but now we are getting what they deserve. The um, commentaries speak a lot about this, uh, but the sum total of what the commentaries say is as follows, that the people had several complaints against God. The first comes from the fact that they weren't willing to recognize their own weaknesses. Because they weren't willing to recognize their own weaknesses, they looked at their forefathers and said they were the ones who started all this idol worship. They were the ones that created the society that was so corrupt. We're not so bad. Why is it that they didn't get punished? And why is it that this punishment is happening to us now? And with this, they would throw up their hands and say, so there's no point anymore. Why even bother being good? Why even bother doing the right thing? It, no point. God's not just. God's punishing us for the sins of our forefathers. The, um, however, 
obviously this fatalistic attitude is not the attitude that God wants. And therefore he says in verse 3, God says to Ezekiel, Chayani, I swear by as I live, Noam Adonai Elim says the Lord God, that there will be no longer any person survive who is one of those people who walks around saying this parable, this or proverb is another uh, way of uh, translating that. All souls, all human life, all lives belong to me. Just like the, the soul of the Father. In other words, I could deal with them the way I decide to deal with them. Just the same as I can deal with the soul and the life of the children of the Son. They all belong to me. It is the soul, it is the person who sins that is the one who is going to die. I make sure that that happens. I am the one who decides how to mete out this punishment and to whom. And I will always only punish the guilty party. This is a wonderful statement, but it's very difficult for us in the real world as we see so many times what appears to us as a righteous person suffering and an evil person getting rewarded or at least not getting punished for what they have done. In other words, God is making a clear declaration here of justice, that I only punish the sinner. But it's justice that's very hard to see. And here God is even angry at the people that refuse to see it. I want to compare this, and actually contrast this, to the same statement which we find in a contemporary of Ezekiel, which is the prophet Jeremiah. Now remember, at the same time that Ezekiel is saying his prophecies to the, um, to the exiles in Babylon, Jeremiah is still in Jerusalem speaking to the people that remained there. And in Jeremiah chapter 31, we see this exact same, um, this exact same uh, proverb, but in slightly different context, which makes, gives it a tremendous and a completely different meaning. In Jeremiah 31, he's discussing the, the prophecy of the ultimate future, the future of the redemption. And he says over there, the, uh, in verse uh, 29, by Yamim in those days, he's talking about, if you look at the context of the entire chapter, there are days coming that I will replant the house of Israel and the house of Judah, I will replant the people and the animals. The, the, the whole chapter there was talking about the, the future redemption and that one day in the future, justice will be understood. By Yamimahim in that day, lo yom ruod, no people will no longer say, avot achlu voser They will no longer say this proverb, oh, it's the parents that ate the sour grapes, so why is it the children? Who suffer with the blunted teeth. Verse 30. It is, each person will only die by his own sin. It is going to be the one who eats the sour grapes, who gets the blunted teeth. So, what Jeremiah seems to be saying there is that in the day of the future, we will, there will be a time when we will understand God's justice, when God's justice will be obvious. It won't be hidden to us as it is now. In other words, now people are saying this, 
because they don't see the justice. But in the future, we will see and understand the justice. If we continue into verse 31, There's a day coming, says God, that I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and the people of Yudah, a new one. Um, and, and, and he, um, so, 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 and, and it continues and goes on, it's worth reading, but in verse 34 over there, Kichulam oti, everyone will know me. In other words, this knowledge, and, and what is this knowledge? It knowledge is a lot of things, but clearly based on the context, part of the knowledge is the understanding of God's justice, which is something that we will know in the future which is a common theme which we've seen throughout the prophets. So the idea is, is that Jeremiah was saying that this knowledge is something that we don't understand now, but there is justice and one day we will understand it. Ezekiel, on the other hand, is criticizing the people, or at least God in his prophecy to Ezekiel is criticizing the people for saying this now. He says, I swear there will no longer be anyone. Now, could it be that Ezekiel is referring to the same thing? That um, that God is declaring, yes, there will, I do not want there to be anyone saying this proverb any longer because I am promising you that there is justice. And this is really the best way to understand it uh, because we're about to embark on the, reading this entire chapter, which is a very clear explication of justice, and justice which is very understandable, although it doesn't necessarily always jive with what we see with our own eyes, but we need to understand and believe that it is just anyway, which is not really necessarily that easy. This is verse 5. And there's a, a man, if he is going to be righteous, and he does justice and righteousness. He does what is just and what is right. And what does it mean? What is the definition of righteousness and justice? He does not eat, in other words, celebrate on the mountains where they have their uh, worship parties and ceremonies for the idols. He doesn't look up to those idols when he praised for looked up to them for salvation now this we're going to see here and read here again this is a point that i've made repeatedly that it is the the idols that lead to corruption the idols themselves are a problem of course because they're 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 they 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 they're idols and and one is not supposed to worship idols one is supposed to worship the one true god however it's the corruption that they that such a lifestyle leads to that is the big problem, and we're going to see that in a minute. He did not raise up his eyes, El Gilulei Beit Israel, to all of those Gilulim. We've translated that several times. The Gilulim are the items used in the worship of these idols. Because what happens when you do that? And he did not sleep with the, the wife of his friend. In other words, because that is what these idols lead to. Remember, the idea of the idol is, is that in order to get the favor of the gods, so to speak, that's a small g, gods, one must sacrifice to them, one must do the things that it is that they want. Uh, we bring them sacrifices, incense, uh, various worship ceremonies, and so on, various magical things, 
but not living a good, just, and righteous life. That is what God asks of us. But these idols say, you can be as corrupt as you want as long as you bring me sacrifices, as long as you say these uh, whatever incantations or prayers and do these ceremonies. And as the Torah and has not slept with his, uh, his spouse when she is in her uh, uh, menstrual period, which is would be against the Torah strictures of of um, of sleeping with uh, one's wife when she is during the period of of nido, during the period of menstruation. The and the person who did not make others suffer, he did not take advantage of others. the person who has returned his obligations to his friend. When he borrows something or he pledges something, he brings it back, he does it, he fulfills his word. And he does not steal other people's things. And he gives of his bread to others whom are hungry and needed. And someone who gives clothing to those who need clothing, those who are naked and do not have clothing. He does not give away and lend his money with with um, interest, and he does not take interest on the items that he lends out to others. This person who takes his hand away, turns away from doing wrong, and he does judgment of truth. His judgments, his decisions are based on truth between one man and another when he's asked to judge. And he goes in my laws and does what I command him. shamar, and he and he preserves my laws, my justice laws. So I meant to do the truth. Tzadik, who such a person is a tzadik, is a righteous person. he shall live. So says the Lord God. However, v'holid bein paritz. But if he gives birth to a son who is a paritz, which is um can be translated as a um as a uh i see the i see the translation a ruffian uh, a, a troublemaker a um a, a bandit dam, one who goes out and spills blood and dam, as we've seen in isaiah we've seen in ezekiel before and in other places the uh, um a dam does mean someone who murders but also someone who takes advantage of others and he does things that cause pain, me'achad me'ela, any and and or he does any of these sins that we listed before. In other words, he goes against all of the good things that we've mentioned, and he does bad things. But he does not do all of the good things that we listed. Kigam el heharimachal, because he went to those mountains and celebrated with those idols. and because of his corruption, he. He committed adultery with others, other people's wives. He has taken advantage of the people who are poor and the people who are needy and destitute. He has taken things from others that were not his. Responsibilities to others he has not fulfilled. He has not returned items that he has borrowed. And for him, for, for 
to get benefit from God, he looked towards the idols. That's where he looked. He looked towards the celebrations and worships that he did with those idols rather than looking to God because if he looked to God, he would have realized that the way to achieve goodness from God is to be a good person. To'eva asa, this person has done a to'eva, a disgusting abomination. For all of those that think that every time Ezekiel mentions the word to'eva, he's referring to idol worship. Um, you can see here that to'eva is referring to a person who is unjust, a person who steals, a person who treats others uh, improperly, a person who does not fulfill his word, a person who does not live his life of a life of justice and righteousness. Tzedek umishpat. That is what to'eva asa is. Baneshech nasan, he has lent out money with 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 um, interest. Vitarbit he has taken interest on the things he has given. Vachai lo such a person shall he live? No, such a person shall not live. he has done all of these disgusting things. Most you must, he shall surely die. Damov bo and his blood is in his own hands. It is his responsibility. For his death. Now, on the surface, it would seem like a simple prescription. You're evil, you're good, you get life. You're bad, you get death. And and what God is saying here is that that is true. That is how God lives. That is how I mean. I'm sorry. That is how God treats our lives. The only thing is, is that just because we don't see it, we have the assurance of Jeremiah that if we live this way and we live in truth, we will see it. We may not see it today. But we will see it. And then let's say this evil person that we just mentioned, he has a son. And he sees his father having sinned. All the things that he did. And he says, I see his bad lifestyle. I see where I'd let him. I'm not going to live that way. I'm not going to do that. So he, he does not go to the mountain ceremonies of the idols. And he does not look at all of the the idols of the people of Israel. And he does not commit adultery with, with women that are married to others. And he does not make people suffer. He does not... Um, um, uh, dishonestly deal with um, things that do not belong to him. He does not steal. And he does give charity to the hungry, food to the hungry, and clothing to the naked. And he turned back from harming poor people. He treated people that were less, less lower than him on the social scales with respect and kindness. He did not take, take um, interest. Mishpatai such a person has done my laws, he has lived in my ways, he will not die because of the sins of his father. Don't say that he's going to die because of the sins of his father. He shall live. And telling this to the people in Jerusalem today, in other words, in, in the time of Ezekiel, he's saying, don't go and, and say, oh, I can do whatever I want because we're, God is unfair. He's punishing us for the sins of our fathers. You have sins too. You deal with your own sins. Aviv, but his father, Ki Ashak Oshek, when he was was um, 
was dishonest and fraudulent, Gazal Gezel Ach, and he was the one who stole from his brother, and did not live well and did not do properly among his nation, he will die. And he did die. He did get punished for his sin. And now you're saying, this is verse 19, why did the son not um, not die? Why did he not get punished because of his father's sin? Why not? Because the son is lived with justice and righteousness. He has kept my laws. He has kept my rules. He has done them. That is why he is alive. This is a a um, refute to the famous verse in the Torah where it says that God um, holds the sins on uh, from parents onto their children. And the, the rabbis ask, you know, how could that be? How could a child uh, suffer for the sins of the father? And the answer is only, this is the answer of the rabbis of the Talmud, only if the child continues in the ways of the father will he get punished for the sins of the father. Only if he continues that evil. But if the son lives a just and righteous life, just like Ezekiel is saying here, this is a, a retort, an answer to that to that question on what it says in the Torah. The... Um, that this is a saying that no, the son will then not suffer for the sins of the father. Hanefesh hachotes. It is the the soul that sins. He tamos. That's the one that will die. Bein lo yisa ba'avonav. The son will not carry the sins of the father. Vi'av lo yisa ba'avonavin. In the same way that the father will not be responsible for the son's uh, sins of the son. Uh, other than to the extent, of course, that the father may be responsible for the sins of the son, but. But he's not. But for what he's not responsible for, he will not suffer for it. The righteousness of the righteous person shall be for that person. And the evil of the evil person will be accounted to that person alone. At this point, I think it makes sense to um, mention the verses in the Torah that seem to... Um, contradict this and the uh, idea and how Yechezkel is coming to explain what the Torah really meant according to the way the rabbis of the Talmud understood it because there's um, so if we look at the the Torah uh, the famous verse that creates the difficulty is the verse in Exodus 34 verse 7 where god says <coughs> this is um what god says to moshe to moses uh he punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation which creates a lot of difficulty uh how could that be how could god uh, punish the children so the consistent theme in the rabbis of the talmud is um is that is that and for example we find this in um, in several places. Just for example, in the tractate Berachot seven uh, a, we find the following statement: Is it not written, visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children? And then the verse, the Talmud, the rabbis say the reference is to children who follow in their parents' footsteps. In other words, if the children continue in those evil ways, then they will get punished. 
not, but not if they don't. In other words, God does not carry that punishment. I would like to turn to Makot, the tractate Makot 24a, which is an interesting statement, where it says, Rabbi Yossi Bar Hanina says, there are four gizerot, four declarations that Gozar Moshe Rabbeinu al Yisrael, that Moses, our teacher, stated regarding Israel. And then four prophets came and bitlum, and they negated them. The simple understanding is, is that Moses decreed a decree upon the Jewish people, and this was in, in, uh, in the wake of the sin of the golden calf. And then the prophets came and took those decrees away. But another understanding of this is Moses stated four things regarding the way God deals with the Jewish people and the world in general. And these four came, and when it says bitlum negated them, you could understand it as, and they they corrected that understanding. They corrected what what the false impression that Moses Moses gave. And of the four things, he lists the the Rabbi Yosi Bachanina lists them, and then he says um, one of them is. Moshe Amar, Moses said in the verse we just mentioned, that God uh, visits the transgressions of the parents upon the children. And then Yechezkel comes and was mivatel it. And Yechezkel came and revoked that decree and said, only the sin of the soul, which is the actual sinner, is the one that dies. In this, um, in this, uh, Talmud is consistent with the other many places in the Talmud where, where it says that no, that children do not suffer for the sins of their father unless, of course, the children deserve the punishment on their own due to their own behavior. So, so um, the rabbis of the Talmud here are recognizing the problem, the injustice of what appears to be the statement in the Torah and Ezekiel is here making it extremely clear that this is not the intention and this is not how God deals with his people. God is just and will always be just. I'm going to continue here. I know this is a long chapter, but it's worth continuing till the end because the, the theme is consistent. There really isn't a logical place to break it up. So, Viharasha, now I'm at verse 21, and the evil one, Kiyashuv Mikol if he should repent. So this is giving us more of a chance. So not only is it possible that you will, um, not only is the good person rewarded and a bad person punished, but a bad person has a chance to correct it if he re- repents from the bad things that he did. And then he decides to keep all of my mitzvot. And he does justice and righteousness. Then he live, he shall surely live. He will not be put to death. All of the sins that he did in the past will not be mentioned, will not be remembered. Because with his Righteousness that he is now, he shall live. Hechafotz echpotz most rasha, God says. Do I want, am I interested in killing evil people? No, Madonai Elohim says the Lord God. I'm not interested in him dying. I want him to repent. I want him to learn his lesson and turn 
from his ways. But the opposite can happen too in verse 24. If a righteous person changes his good ways and starts to sin, and then he goes and does all of these disgusting things just like the evil person did, shall he live? No. Forget about all the good things that he did. He has shown that he's a bad person. Because he rebelled against me. And the sins that he did. He shall die for them. And you're saying that the ways of God are not proper, are not fair. Listen to the house of Israel. Is it my ways that are no good? No, it's your ways. It's you that are no good. You have to fix yourself. If a righteous person turns away from his good ways, and then he does bad things and he dies because of them, he will end up getting punished because of his sins. And this is repetitive, but this um, Ezekiel is trying to drive home the point in verse 27. And when a, a sinful person changes his ways from his sinful ways, and he does act with justice and with righteousness, and he has saved his own life. And he, why? Because he saw and he returned, he changed the ways from all the sins that he had done. Live, he shall surely live, he will not die. Again, emphasizing the same point. And the people of Israel are saying that the ways of God are no good. People of Israel, is it my ways that are no good? Your are the ways that are unfair. Therefore, I judge each person according to his ways at Chambet Yisrael. So says the Lord God. Return and return from all of your sins. And then they will not be any longer. Your bad ways will not be stumbling blocks that cause you to sin even more. Throw off yourselves all of your sins that you have sinned. And make for yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. And why should the people of Israel die? This is very reminiscent of how Jeremiah said that after we throw away this injustice and idea, God makes a new covenant, a new way of dealing with the people. This is the lev chadash, a new heart, a new spirit, a spirit of fairness, a spirit of justice, where we act just towards the, the poor, towards the uh, people, and, and honestly towards other people, and God will act in such a way towards us. Why? The last verse, bottom line, God says, I'm not interested in making people suffer. I don't want to kill people. I don't want people to die. No, Madonai Elim says, God, what I want is that they should learn their lessons, repent, and then live. Thank you so much for studying chapter 18 together. Looking forward to studying chapter 19 and, of course, the rest of the book together.